Good everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 46. And our guest is Red Wing forward Tomash Tatar. And uh, let's, uh, let's bring uh, Tomash in. And uh, let's first, I want to ask you about the pronunciation of your name. <clears throat> because I used to call you Tomas, like Tomas Holmstrom. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of evolved over the years. So what is the proper pronunciation? Uh, I think you did it right, actually, the first part. So it's Tomas, and for, I think for people in, uh, in the U.S., it would be like if you go T-O-M-A-S and put H at the end, right? So it would create that, that ash, which is in Slovakia, so Tomas. But your first couple of years here, you didn't... You didn't stress it. Is that because you were still trying to establish yourself, or you just felt uncomfortable? Because I mean, if people want to call you by your, you know, by uh, your proper y- name. You know what? Uh, I think Ken uh, Ken Kyle came to me, and he was start asking. I mean, honestly, I don't. I understand it's a different country, and you pronounce a lot of stuff different than we do in Europe. So I didn't make it out of it a big deal. I would never. And if you guys good to learn how to say Tomaj, I was happy about it. And if they wouldn't, if it would be possible for you, I would be okay with it. So well, you know, like like now people are getting into it. So now right. I mean, I would say almost ninety percent even media is calling me Tomaj, which right. is I think it's really cool. Yeah, well that's good because if let's say you were from you know North America, especially the U.S., you would probably be called Tommy Tatar. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that for sure. You see, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it if that would kind of stuck, and co- people would call me Tommy. I would be okay with. It. Really? So, because your name Tomash is Thomas. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right, it's right. A, it's the same thing, different pronunciation. Right. Yeah. I've always been fascinated when I talk to to, to everyone. It, you know, there are so many Swedes here over the years that I've talked to, and they have like the Swedish hockey school and the way that. But now you grew up. In Slovakia, mm-hmm. it was not Czechoslovakia at the time. The, the I was just split. born there, but they were, when I was around three, the country split it in a harm way. So I I grew up in, what I remember was already Slovakia, because I don't remember much, many stuff when I was three or Right, two. so your immediate family, many of you, you know, your, your, uh, your parents or uncles, aunts, some cousins probably, they probably remember it being one country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Even my brothers. My brothers are like, one is born 74 and one 77. So they lived for Czechoslovakia for quite a bit. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, showing my ignorance here, what was it like not only growing up, you know, in Slovakia, but into an area that used to be one country, now is two? You know what, we are, we were always really friendly and we I feel like our country split in a harm way so we always are like almost like a neighbors or kind of like a family so we speak similar language it's a little different pronunciation too but we have no problem to understand each other so even the Czech guys in the locker room will usually hang out together because it's so similar I would almost put it an example for like British English and US English right. so that's how similar it is Wow so uh uh, so when when you play in the Olympics or you know international competitions, it's not kind of like Sweden and Finland who say that they hate each other. Uh, well, I it mean, was a big compete in a sports. It was. It, it, there was a it rivalry. Was, it was a big rivalry in a, in a sports. It was for sure because we kind of got almost screwed when this country split it because kind of Slovaks or that part initiated. 
So in every sport, we went to like Group C and we had to battle our way back to like either hockey, pool A, either soccer. So all these sports, we had to battle our way up again, which 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 lasts really fast because we were good. So let's say in hockey, we went to Group C or D, and within the three years, we we're winning a medals in a, in a pool A. So that's how fast it goes. Now, did Czechoslovakia have to, or the, the Czech Czechs, they stayed. They stayed. They so stayed. Was, so so we, you guys are the ones you, that you got, Yeah, we got a little screwed. But I guess by the politician like announced, it was because we initiated the split. So that's why they put Slovakians in that group. Because they couldn't just keep both teams because somebody, somebody else would have to be relegated. Right, right. right. So right. we had no, to yeah, start from right. the scratch. So what was it like growing up? and being you know because we hear in some systems in Europe there's actually a government program that if you're good that you know you go up through those ranks you know here it's you know in the United States there's all kinds of leagues there's all kinds of things going on I mean they have the development program now and you know in Canada we know with the Canadian Hockey League they're spread out all over how did you become a hockey player and how did you progress? What was it like progressing through the Slovakian system? So back home it's working a little different. So like we work more through the city. So let's say if there is a, I'm gonna put example, like Birmingham, mm -hmm. Royal Oak. So every of these city would have a team and the team would have different classes of hockey. So let's say if you're, if you're going to fifth grade, there will be a fifth, fifth grade year where 20 guys, then six, seven, that goes all the way to like, to like, um, how do you call the ones where you like 14, 15, there's like, like uh, a, like a cadets or juniors, junior yeah, like high a, or something. so yeah, so we would go all the way till nine with your, with your class and then it's combined two years together for like a, a junior and then it's like a, like a higher junior after and then as a men's team so every city has a men's team too where oh, you wow. where that men's team is playing a pro league so your goal is pretty much to become a pro in that team from from day one you're dreaming about to play for your hometown team like for a men's team right then again like so there's only 12 in the highest league there's only 12 teams in slovakia so my city actually wasn't at that time, so I need to go play somewhere else. So when I was in juniors, I went to city where all the NHL guys are from, which is like only 10 miles away, Trenčín, where is Pavel Dimitra from, Marian Hosa, Chara, Gabory. So I went there to play juniors, stayed there for uh, two years, and then one team after the juniors offered me to play a pro hockey back home with a different team, which was kind of further away from home. And I signed a first professional contract with them when I was 17. When, so when you're, so did they sort of recruit you to go to this city? Yeah, I kind of, so in the juniors, I was leading the stats like two years younger than, than the guys who were playing that year. And that's actually was the first time when I get to like a national team ice they were telling me I'm too small on under 15, under 16. So my first, or I was in the national team, but only for one tournament. So my first big tournament supposed to be under 18, but I got broken collarbone like a week before. So I didn't go. And then I started playing for the men's and I made a team under 20 and went for that tournament. How difficult has it been for you 
because you've always been talented as a hockey player, but you know some people uh, can't get over that. You know, you're not six three, two hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, has that has that always been an issue, or have you been able to deal with it because you're you know you're five ten, you're solid, you're solid five ten, like I don't know, one hundred and seventy or something. Uh, Yeah, you know what, I had to catch, I had to, right now I know like if I'm not that tall I have to be more built, you know, so you're trying to be ready to compete against guys like Big E, so you know, you have to keep, put the weight or you have to find the right way to to win battles against guys like that, but you know, from back home I was never raised like, you know, this guy's a superstar, like he will be, in NHL, you know, so I battled my way through for sure. You know, a lot of people were saying to me, you're too small. My disadvantage was also when I was playing a national team. So my I was born in 90, mm-hmm. so I'm 1st December. So if I was playing a well, national late, late team, birthday, yeah, yeah. So I was playing with some guys, let's say under 18, they already had a facials where I was still small, ungrown, you know, because right. they were almost a year older than me. So that was another issue in my, in my hockey career where Finally, I catched it up in like when I was like under 18, where it was almost no different between the players. Obviously, the height was still there, but right, right. you know, I was more looking like a man. You know, um, Henrik Zetterberg told me something because he knew at a very early age that he probably wasn't going to be the biggest guy on the ice, so he had to figure out ways to go into the corners get the puck without getting hit mm-hmm. and hurt. Was, was that similar for you? Because cause you like to rough it up a little. Yeah, it was like you saying it was exactly the same way. My I think my advantage was I was always playing with let's say two years older guys. Mm-hmm. So I was in that position my whole life pretty much. You know, I, if when I get to go to play with my age guys, I felt like I'm much stronger than everybody else, but you know when you were playing with two year older guys, they were they were like bigger, they were stronger, so I had to find the way to be clever around them, you know, like you said not to get hit be smart with the puck, be strong in the battles, but in a way where you still can kind of trick them, you know? So mm-hmm. that was my case for life for sure. You're playing for your hometown team. You're moving up through the ranks. When did it dawn on you? And I'm sure you always wanted to be a professional hockey player, at least play for your, you know, the, the one of the 12 cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when did, it, when did it really come to, for where you sat down and you had that moment where you said, you know, Tomas, you could actually, you know, you can be a real good hockey player here. It's, it's you know what, I always had a little faith cause, because, like, I didn't play with my year because they were always, always putting me a little higher. They were like, okay, but it doesn't really mean anything when you're young, you know. So I started really, like, dreaming about it when I was in juniors, you know. I said, like, well, I, I have some results, you know. Now what's going to be my next goal, you know, to go to Worlds, go to maybe play for some men's team in Slovakia, try to be drafted and, you know, like I said, it was, it was never like, okay, you will be drafted, okay, right. you will be playing. So it was always, I was going step by step and took it like by a nice surprise, by a nice, uh, nice gift. So if I made a team under 20, I was really happy. When I made that Slovak men's team, I was happy. And when I was drafted, so... It was always step by step. Then I was coming for a camp, and I'm like, "Well, what's the chance I'm going to sign here?" You know, I had a great uh, rookie camp here my first year, so I signed right away. So it was, 
it was like, you know, I was starting to feel like, you know, I'm going to live the dream. Now, are you part of the generation of a player where the NHL was a viable option? Because there were some guys who thought, you know, through whether it was political system or they just didn't know better, where their goal was to make their country's national team and that was, you know, that was it. I mean, did you think, yeah, I, I would definitely want to make my national team, but the NHL is a real possibility? Uh, it was kind of tough around that time. So, like, I was doing really good. So, I was dreaming about both, which I actually, before I was drafted, I was invited for a world, cup, world championship, like a national team with men. So, again, I was 17, and I'm like, like, oh, my God, like, I'm here. You know, how did I... How did I made it to, right, right. to to the national team when I'm 17? So I meet their guys like Marianne Hosa and these guys. So I'm like, wow, like this is a awesome. And I was actually the last last player to got cut before the world before I got drafted. So I end up being drafted. I think end of the second round. So yes. if I would if I would go to that tournament like 17 years old, not being drafted, I might go maybe first round. You know, so maybe I would not end up being Red Wing. So I mean. Things work out for me really well, you know, I, I would not change a bit. I mean, the way I got here was a little rougher, but, you know, it just gave you a good good school through. Is there a certain player that you try to emulate or that you grew up idolizing and, you know, maybe try to take aspects of their this, game? It's funny, this first question came to me on the uh, on draft combine. I never thought about it and mm -hmm. all these teams are asking me these questions, so I'm like, I don't really know what to answer. I mean, I. One of my favorite was Steve Eiserman, but it was hard to compare myself to him. You know, he's right. a legend. He's one of the best guys to play the game. So right. I like, I don't want to compare myself to Stevie Eiserman. So they were like, yeah, well, you got to say somebody. So I'm like, you know, I didn't really know what to say. And then I was thinking like, okay, I got to find a small guy in NHL, which was Martin St. Louis at that time. Oh, right. Yeah, so I was, well, I can see myself being like him. And that was my answer to every team on the draft combine. But again, like Marty was one of the yeah. best too. So I didn't really like that question. You know, I always wanted to be myself and play my way. Yeah, but you, again, you're not afraid to mix it up or go to the net or, you know, you, you play, a, I would say, a, a rougher game than maybe most players your size. Do you agree with that or is that just... Yeah, it's, probably, it's probably the environment where I grew up, you know, like like I said, you know, I had to, you want to eat, you have to fight for it, you know, so <laughs> it was all my life like that, you know, I never got anything for free, so I mean, I know what it takes and trying to, like, you know, like you said, I'm not afraid on the ice, even if the guy is bigger, I'm, I would never say I'm going to beat somebody up, but I'm not afraid to stand up for myself, that's for sure. Right, well, you've, you've dropped the gloves a few times. Yeah, so. you know, like last year was a little issue and I was pretty upset about, you know, I had that injury, so right. I, it was really killing me inside, like, you know, I can't do that. So now when I feel all healthy, that feels that feels good, you know, you can step up for yourself. I mean, do you have a strategy, like, because I know you don't fight very often, but I would imagine that probably for you guys would probably outreach you or most of them that's you, the, you got to push them close to your body I would that's imagine. the thing it all depends who you're going against you know mm -hmm. you know your opponent as well as he knows you so you know for like you said if he's a taller guy he wants to, for sure to beat me on the reach so I had to find a way to get close to him and if it's a little taller guy than me then I almost don't mind you know like he has probably a little advantage but try to go normal, normal way right well uh, 
let, let's move on. I, you know, I've told you this before over the last couple of years. I remember I was sitting at home, it's right around Christmas, World Junior Tournament is on, it's 2008. Um, I turned it on, I think Slovakia might even have been playing the United States. The game was yeah, on. Yeah, we, we ended up beating them. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right. I think Blash was on that team too. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so, so I'm sitting there watching it, and all they could talk about was, you know, Tatar. Maybe they even called you Tartar. Who knows? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you were excellent. And you were, without question, not only were you the best player on the Slovakian team, you were one of the best players in this tournament. You had a run. You were among the leading scorers. Uh, did you know that, quote, unquote, I think they called it on television. I mean, you know, I'm going back now, you know, eight years or whatever it is, um, or ten, that, almost ten, that you had to have, quote, unquote, a coming out party that, if you really were serious, and you were about being a, 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 in the NHL or to get noticed by this league, that tournament was essential for you. Absolutely, you know, like to getting into that tournament, like kind of had idea I might be drafted. It could be fifth, sixth, seventh round. God knows if I would be drafted. So coming into that tournament, I know like this is a tournament when all the scouts are obviously you thinking about the team success. But at the same time, you know, on your team, there is probably like four guys who are going into the tournament like, okay, if they will play good, they will probably get drafted, right? So, you know, it's, you need to have like a hockey player, certain luck in a certain time, good timing, you know, that tournament was phenomenal for me, for the whole Slovakian team, actually, you know. Right, right, you were the surprise team. Yeah, we, we entered that tournament with a goal to, to make it to, to the quarterfinal, which we did, which was kind of our kind of standard and we will go from there. Usually in this position, you getting either Canada, Russia, or, or US. You know, we end up playing USA, where that was a crazy game. You know, they were much better than us, but we kind of, we had a good game. We scored a few goals. Our goalie was on top of that game. We end up winning that game. For us, it was huge. You know, all Slovakia was cheering. You know, this is after 10 years, Slovakian team made it through the quarterfinals. So, we were playing Sweden, we were up to 3-1 going to the third. We ended up losing that game 5-3. Sweden had a really good team too, but again, you know, for the guys who almost shouldn't be there, we almost did a beat another favorite, which would be huge. And then in a then a, for a third place, I think we lost to Russia 4-3, I believe, or 5-3, maybe it was an empty net goal. So it was a great tournament for a lot of our guys, you know, not only me, but we had a several guys with many points which was awesome did your did your hockey life change after that tournament it, I mean, were it, you on the radar then it or? did for sure so i returned back to slovakia for that men's the highest men's league which was already for me to play there was it was awesome you know you enter the league like 17 years old not many guys back home did that and um, you know but i felt a lot of different you know to come from junior to the men's league i think that was my biggest step and toughest yeah. step of my life like, really oh it was tougher than go to Grand Rapids or to the NHL like I was I was 17 I was not strong enough I was too young no experience and all of a sudden you're playing against players who had experience in NHL I'm not, they they weren't as good as maybe AHL players or anything like that but they were men's they were much stronger they played as tactics they played as certain strategy certain system where I never had it before, so I had to learn all that stuff. So it was a really tough season, but 
on the top of it. So when you're playing with these all good players, you all, you I went to under 20s what I felt like wow these guys are not even close to be that strong and I felt I felt really good all of a sudden I'm like these are kids same age as me so you know when you go to the corner you right, felt right, right. you felt like you felt like Hercules you know so all of a sudden I was like wow this is a huge difference I actually feel really confident here and like it's 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 a huge difference to play against men's and then come to the world junior so I was like this is I felt really good on that tournament since the tournament started and I, I felt it in every battle. I didn't lose any energy with the battle, so it was a it was a really good feeling. So when I get back to Slovakia after the tournament it was many scouts were coming to the men's men like the highest league came to watch me. So I start feeling wow like this draft really slided up. So now I'm looking at I don't know, third round, second round, first round, like we'll see how how that will go. So I had a meeting with Detroit guys, and I actually felt really good about that meeting. Uh, I think I met that year Jim Neal for the first time right. in Slovakia too. I met uh, Hakan Andersen. Uh, we we met some some guys from Czech. You know, he he was actually really awesome. Like I've been talking to him for several years uh, after he's we become actually really good friends. So I felt really good about the Red Wings meeting, and I even. Detroit at that time was my favorite team, so it felt really good, you know, to... Favorite team because they were good, or they had a, a lot of Europeans on that team, or...? It was kind of all together, you know, they were good, they have a lot of Europeans, I mean, in Slovakia they were bro bro broadcasting only a few games a week, and for some reason Red Wings were always on, so I was always cheering for them, and they become my team. So... I want to go back. I know you had meetings with the Red Wings. You know, you're st you, you realize that you know th that you're a hot commodity, so to speak. Teams are looking at you. What was the progression like? Do you come over to North America? Do you go through a uh, a combine? Do teams set up interviews with you? Do you have an agent at this point or a representative? I think I actually just signed around that time, like uh, my agent. So we know because it, it was kind of coming like I knew I will need it you know so after the world you know you came home and all these guys so usually every team has either Czech Slovakian or some European scouts so these guys were coming more often they always texted me it was almost threatening like you better play today like this is like my full staff is coming to see you so can you tell me which line you're playing at are you is it worth it for us to come so I was Always like, you, you know, you wanted them to come because you want them to see you. So I was like, yeah, I'm playing, so I'll be, yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll be ready. But I, like I said, I always had the best feeling about Detroit. Like, these guys were talking to me like the nicest way. You know, they were always asking me many questions. They were super cool. So I felt like, wow, like these, these guys or this organization, they, they just know what they're doing. So to do each each interview going, was it different or did they essentially ask you the same questions or did the Red Wings stand out because they asked you maybe a litany of questions to really get to know who you were? Yeah, I guess it was like that. You know, they their questions were like more friendly, you know, they were not just about the hockey. I mean, other teams did that too. I just, I don't know, for some reason I have a really good feeling about, about the Red Wings. And I mean, at the end it all will come to the draft where, you know, you never know if somebody just decide, okay, we will draft him before. Because Red Wings had a first pick in the second round, which was London Ferraro that year. And yeah. 
as I was talking to them, like they wanted to drive me, London, and Andre and Estrachil, and they didn't care in who goes first. So right. they just they were trying to scramble. They I heard they got a tip. Uh, London will be ahead of us, so they try to get him first. Otherwise, they would they would lose him. Right. They so. traded down from the first round into the second, and pick. he was like the first pick, like you said, in the yeah. second round. Well, you were 60th overall, right? Yeah, so, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that that wasn't bad. Now, after all this, the combines and you know the the, the interviews and that. You felt good about Detroit. Were a few other teams where, when you sat down in your mind on draft day, figured, well, I could go to the Red Wings. I maybe the Stars was there. Was there a couple other teams that in the mix that you thought you could have ended up with? Honestly, it's so long ago. I don't. I can't <laughs> remember. They probably were for sure. Like more teams were, but that, that's the thing for me. Again, like to go through my way. I was never thinking, like, whoever drafted me, I'll go straight to the NHL. So I always knew it's going to be a process, too. I didn't speak English really well at that mm -hmm. time. So I'm like, you know, to be drafted by the Red Wings, maybe some guys wouldn't be happy because they know the, the competition at that time was there. Amazing. Like, the guys or the players with the Red Wings had, it was just top-notch. So for me, the crack... So let's say my first, uh, first scam, uh, Mike, put me... My first game on empty net, so I was playing with Hank, Pav, Rafi, Mule, and Nick Lindstrom. So I was like looking around, like what's happening here? Who I'm wow. on the ice with? Like this is I was playing computer games with these guys uh, three months ago, and now I'm playing with them on a line, which was which was absolutely crazy for me. So. I don't think this helped me actually, like at the start, because I was already so stressed, and then I looked around who I'm standing on the ice with. So I mean, so playing the computer game and then actually being on the ice were a little bit different. It's like even though you played with them on the computer, I, I, you didn't. Re it's, it, it didn't help you out on yeah, the ice. Yeah, no, it, not at all. Because you know, like maybe some guys, like if you, like maybe even Dylan, you know, like. He probably knew at, at age 18, like, he might have a legit legit chance to crack the lineup where I was like, I'm be happy if I be drafted and I'll be happy if I can somehow go through the process and then come to the league where I, my first game got the chance to play with these guys. Where, for me, I thought it was a joke, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Well, so, you know, you, you said something interesting that I want to I, I touch upon. You said, look, I didn't speak English very well. You know, it, you know, I know Americans, we're always like, we don't speak English very well either, but it is still our native language. Was that one of the first things you had to do? Or was it conscious you said, listen, I'm going to be playing in North America. I have to learn English. Was, and was it difficult for you? Yeah, I wanted to, you know what, as soon as I was drafted, like, I wanted to do everything so I can come over, learn, you know, play that style of a game. Because it's a lot different than in Europe, so that was for sure for me the the goal to come here and do it all so you know i had a lot of funny stories where i was uh, messing up the language you know like when the coaches tried to explain me something i had no clue and when i did it they were like clapping for me they were happy i did it i understood <laughs> somehow so it was it was amazing what um is it much of a culture shock coming over here? I mean, was it for you? I mean, because what was it like growing up in Slovakia? Granted, you know, you're trying to play, you're in a system, you're trying to play hockey and all that. You, you, you know, you have your family and all that. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But you come over here, you're thousands of miles away from home. 
uh, you know, even though you're making buddies and you know, and you're doing what you love, still difficult. It was tough. It was tough for sure. But I think it was more tough because of the language barrier than anything else. You know, I know we are different cultures, but we are still human beings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, right, exactly. I met here over the course so many nice people and so many friends. So I mean, I feel like home right now and. I would feel definitely better at the start if I know the language, you know, I could meet these friends way earlier than I did because I didn't, I didn't want to go out, you know, I didn't want to really talk to anybody because I didn't know how. So for me, the basic conversation was go through five sentences and I was out of words, you know, <laughs> so you came, you go, hey, how are you? What, what are you going to do? You know, what's your plan today? Where did you study? And then I was, well, now what? Now what I'm gonna ask. I can ask anything else because I don't know more. So it was kinda kinda tough, you know. So I was really lucky. Jakub Kindle was at that right. time in Grand Rapids. He helped me a lot. Jan Mersak was actually there. Oh, he yeah. helped me. And you know Justin actually was I become really good friends with Justin since the day one and <laughs> So you and Abby are buddies. Yeah, he <laughs> he had probably he could tell you thousand stories with me with the language because he loves that when I was messing it up mm -hmm. he was just laughing at it like he had a good time so me and him hit it off really really well when you uh, when you when you look at that and you have uh, you, you know you're starting to assimilate yourself I'm curious that during your time in Slovakia you're also going to school right mm -hmm. I mean you so you have to so you have a balance of trying to you know get because every time I talk to a young hockey player, they always have told me, regardless if it's, you know, guys I talked to 25 years ago or sitting here talking to you, it, it's always about the diff most difficult part was finding time to play hockey and getting an education. Was that difficult for you as well? It was so tough for sure, especially like here, that's the thing, like you playing, let's say you playing juniors, like either either CHL or USHL, you still kind of tie to school, you know, that right. program wants you to go to school, where in Slovakia, they know I can play a men's team, so they were like, well, you playing a men's league, you have a morning, so they don't, they didn't care of school. Right, right, right. They, guys, players are getting paid and they, it's like a job, right? It's, right, like, it's right. like an NHL. Right, right, right. So we had a practice at 10. My school starts from eight to, let's say one. I didn't go to school. I had to learn everything on my own. So I get, I was like a home study almost. Yeah, you almost went to school. Huh? Yeah, so, and then. Because you're, you, you know, you're a bright guy. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. So the, the, the biggest problem, the school system back home is a little different. So we have a high school till you in the ninth grade. That's our high school. Right. And then we have to go to a school, which is pretty much like college with certain education. So I was uh, working with logistics. Really? So I know how to fill out the paper for, let's say, if you would be sending something, something to Slovakia, you would have a company send it to Slovakia, I would know how to fill the paperwork, and I'm that guy. Really? Yeah, so I was only in the first semester or maybe second semester before I had to U.S., and the school really want to help me mm -hmm. to finish the school. They right. were all really nice to me. They told me when to come after the season, what to do, what to learn. So they were really, really helpful in Slovakia. I'm really thankful for that. Our, our, uh, 
how do you call the guy who's like in a charge uh, in English? Um, but like principal. Principal, yeah. yeah. Our principal was super, super cool. He, he he loved hockey, so he was really helpful. He helped several guys. He helped Marianne Hosa, Andre Mesaro. So he really? he helped a lot of guys. So he was super nice to me. But I was I was young, playing already in uh, in uh, AHL between AHL and NHL. So I was like telling like I don't want to really finish it. It's a lot of work, but. My mom told me like you never know when you will need it. Right, so right. I kind of listened to my mom and my dad. So I, I did it. So after after being two years in a in a in a in North America, I still came back after every season and finished the year. I had like a test. I right. did the test and then I graduated at the end by when I was like 20. Well, that's all right. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I'm real curious just by nature, I guess. But I'm really curious because I know that you know we. Americans make assumptions all the time about how it is, and you know because we're in this country where you know basically, it was hard. Yeah, yeah, it was hard for sure. You know, like you said, and I bet people here had the same. Like you said, if you guy who's on a college and he's on the crack to make the team, but will he make it or not? And he has that good education in, let's say, Michigan or Michigan State, mm -hmm. then you're thinking, wow, what, what should I do? Should I stay and finish it and then go to the league? It's it's a it's a tough tough uh, question for every player for sure. Right? Yeah, certainly because like guy like Dylan, you know, after one year, he's you know he makes it to the NHL. And does he go back to Michigan and finish, or does he, you know, exactly. you know so, I think Abby might have left after three years, yeah, too. Yeah, too. That's so you see. So I, I bet all these guys are thinking how they're going to finish the school. For sure, they know how important it is. I would imagine Riley probably did finish at Notre Dame, though. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's move on. You're, you're, you're drafted Grand Rapids. You excelled at Grand Rapids. You were, you know, so much so that Red Wing fans were wondering when you were going to get here. Was it frustrating for you being an overripe Red Wing is the term that they use because they really do, back then, keep their younger players in that system and play. I mean, Jimmy was a Griffin for four solid seasons, Jimmy Howard. Yeah, so. uh, you know what? I First two years, I didn't even mind it, you know, like... <clears throat> I mean, I was there, and I didn't even think about being in Detroit right away. So for me, it was, I was totally okay with it. But then second year, I got called up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was, again, I was singing all the time from Grand Rapids to Detroit in my car. I was super excited. I was, I was calling everybody in Slovakia. I made it. I'm going to play my first game. So that year I played, I think, nine. The third year was a little, a little crucial, you know. I didn't get called up once, and then I was a little frustrated. Well, see, that, that's why, because I remember you came up for nine games. I, I do remember, and you weren't bad. I mean, you know, you obviously played like you belonged. And then the next year, no one heard from. That's, yeah, that was kind of hard. Then Gus Nyquist came, you know, he was getting a few call-ups. So, I mean, the competition was always there, and... Uh, you know, you had a Mike Babcock there, so to put Mike Babcock on your side, that wasn't easy. Mike, that's he's really hard on the young guys, which I guess that's the right way to do, or at, at least it was. You know, he was he was coaching all these superstars here in Detroit, so when the young guy came, he wants he wanted to be sure these guys are ready. So you know, he it was really tough, but he he taught me a lot for sure. Well, you make the team, and then. I don't, you know, and I'm going off the top of my head. You don't play like the first six games or something yeah. to start the season. Then injuries start, but you start to get into the lineup where you, once you got in, you pretty much forced the Red Wings that you were going to stay, that you started to produce. 
So, and I'm not asking you to say anything bad about Babs or anything like that, but how difficult was it for you as a player? Now you're a Red Wing, but you're not playing because, you know, doing what I do, I hear from fans all the time and they're wondering, you know, what, which Tatar can play? I mean, was that going through your mind too? It did, for sure. You know, I was, that time I was really frustrated, but at the same time, you know, that was maybe one of the coaches' move to make me mentally stronger. And uh, at the end, it helped me a lot. You know, now when something like that goes through through my career, I would be like, huh, I've been in a worse spot than I'm now. So, you know, it trains you really well. So I I was actually talking about as with some of our young guys on the team, and I told them, guys, like, you can't imagine what was that like that before here, you know? Right. The lineup was stacked, you know, you didn't have a, there was one spot open for six guys, you know, that's just the league. The league's going to different direction now, you know, it's more equal, but that time Detroit was dominating, you know, we had, let's say our third line was uh, Val, Philpula, Mule, and Yuri Hoodler, so I'm like, how are you going to crack that lineup, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough, so... It was it was definitely a tough team to make, but uh, at the end with that all development and everything, I think it helped me a lot. So what happens when you, you okay? You're a little frustrated. Do you call back home? Is there a t- do you confide in Abby? Is there is there is there someone here? How do you get through it? Not so much on the ice. You know what you have to do on the ice. You know to to get in the lineup. How about off the ice? I mean, who's who's you know you know talking you off the old expression, the ambassador bridge or something? Um. You know, actually, I was on a lot on the phone with Jim Neal, but it wasn't like I would be complaining. You know, it was just advice. You know, what to do better, how you can, how you can improve more. You know, so I mean, I, I was, I was pretty patient. I mean, I, I was never a guy who would, you know, probably complain. You know, I was trying to keep my all the emotions down in, in my head. Obviously, you were. I was super mad, but, <laughs> right, 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 right. but you know, I'm like, who I'm gonna tell, and why would I? You know, so I mean, you just have to deal with it, and it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, I was here already, so I was up. They, they, I couldn't go down to Grand Rapids. So I'm like, well, I'm here, so I. I earn it. Now it's time to earn the spot, you know. So you just have to be patient, wait for your chance. So as soon as that injury happened, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. This is I can't go out of a lineup again. Right, and you didn't though. Which, I mean, which Mike pretty much told me that it goes like, hey, look, hey kid, here's your chance. Make sure you're not out of a lineup again. So I'm like, okay. So I just grabbed the the chance and try finish the season, not go out of a lineup, which which that season actually ended up pretty well, you know. So then I was moving towards the line, so I started in fourth and ended up in a second, which was, which was awesome. When you, you're finally playing, you know, you, you know, it, like Babs comes up to you and says, listen, you, you know, listen, uh, Tomas, this is it. You know, you're this, you know, this is, if, if, if you really want to be a Red Wing, this is the time to, exactly. to, to prove it. Yeah. So you're starting to prove it. Does it kick in right away for you? I mean, because you knew, we're confident you could play in the league, but when did it, when did it kick in? You said, you know what? I'm I'm here to stay, you know. I'm going to be a Red Wing. After after several games, you know, as you start moving towards the lineup, then you like okay, like now you establish. Now you just have to keep keep doing the right thing every day, you know, be it every day or do it every day, right? You know, that's where Mike was really hard on the young guys. So, you know, he was coming really stressed to the practice, like, oh, you can't mess up. You know, you have to be hundred percent focused. But I, you see, that's for what I think. It's like putting you or being like making you a better player you know you knew you have to come here and just be ready right 
Now, Jeff Blaschel, who has a history being a college player himself and then being a coach in college in USHL and you know coming here and then Grand Rapids and all that, what kind of relationship do you have with him? Because I, I would imagine, and I've known Blaschel a, a long time too, is that, you know, Babs is Babs. Let's put it that Babcock is Babcock, and he, as you say, he's a very intense man. Um, the transition to Babs as your coach, is that, or, or transition to Blash as your coach, has that been you know, something that, because you, you're familiar with him too, I mean, was, it, was that a nice transition for you? To go, from, to go from one guy who, you know, to a guy who probably knows you a little bit better on and off the yeah. ice. Uh, you know, we kind of started a weird way too, because uh, when he was in Grand Rapids, that was a lockout year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I had to come back, but at the same time, I wanted to be in a Europe, like all the guys from NHL. So Jim Neal actually and Kenny let me stay for a few games in the Europe to play for my like home, not a hometown, but close to hometown men's league. So I played at 10 games there where Grand Rapids already had a camp for the next season, so right. I came I came almost by end of the camp. So Blash already had his lineup in, in Grand Rapids. He did some camp with guys, you know, he did some stuff, and then I showed up, so it was like, well, now, what I'm gonna do with you, man? You weren't here, so we were kind of like, but it ended up, you know, we ended up winning the Calder Cup right, that year. Right, so right. then the relationship kind of was building on in, in, in Grand Rapids, you know, and we did it with the guys. It was it was a great. It was one of the best years. You know, it was so much fun with guys. You know, we had a really good group. We ended up winning it for the first time for Grand Rapids. So it was it was awesome. You know, when he because when he talks about you, you can tell there's certain guys, the guys who was you know when he was Grand Rapids coach, you know, you know he is a big believer in you know Tats. I, you know, I know Tats can do this. I know Tats can do that. So when you're so when you're struggling. Is he somebody that you that you talk to, or does he come up to you? Do you have a lot of conversations with him, or when things aren't going quite as well as you want, you kind of work it out on your own? Oh, well, I think we have a we have a good relationship. I mean, you know, he's a coach, and I if he sees something I can do better, I always will take the advice. I mean, we we have a lot of meetings together for sure, and I think that's what it's all about. You know, like I think you should discuss stuff what coach wants you to do better. And like a player, you you should see it on a video. So you know any advice, even either if it was Mike or or Blash, you know I I was always willing to see these and, and listen for sure. You know I I know we're jumping around a little bit, but last summer I'm convinced, and I think Red Wing fans were convinced that, geez, you know they've signed a lot of guys to contracts and long term and all that. Perhaps the guy that everybody wanted to see signed was you and it looked like it wasn't going to happen you know that it wasn't money or you know the term wouldn't have been well I mean how because it was frustrating to watch it from I think from a fan's perspective how was it for you it's so funny though I saw all these articles and I'm talking you know with Kenny all the time and we know where we at but it's a chess game, you know, right. as, a, as a GM is playing it, you trying to play it too, and we were always on a good terms, like, you know, we were always good, and then you see these all crazy articles coming out in North America, and I'm like, I'm just biting my tongue, like, oh my God, like, you know, fans are getting a little impatient, but at the same time, you know, you're getting there, and you will probably, or 95% that that contract will happen, but, you know, People are getting nervous, you know, there are some articles coming out and you just don't want to say, so, I mean, it was 
since even the arbitration was really really nice you know we had a it was really calm. right you were talking about like because yeah. we always hear these arbitration things are you know people that like one another saying bad things about each other yeah exactly <laughs> so this was it was really mild you know we had a dinner before night before the arbitration we were talking about all the stuff about the team and you know i i knew deep in my heart too like you know i wanted to stay then this will this will eventually sort of thing it, it took obviously longer than uh, than it probably should but you know i'm here and <laughs> right well did it ever cross your mind that there was a possibility that you wouldn't be here uh Obviously, I mean, I know you're you, uncomfortable you, talking about it, but I mean, but but it's a reality, right? Exactly. I mean, you you thinking about stuff, you know? Like I was, I'm pretty young too, you know. So right. I was I was 26, and I'm thinking, well, what to do? I mean, you 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 love it here, you know. You've been here. Then what's the other options? So you know, it was it was really interesting. You know, it was a great experience. That that makes you stronger for right. sure. You know, like people back home asking you questions why you didn't sign what's going on so it was a lot of pressure for for me too you know it was it was interesting and, and a good 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 school too you know really good really good experience right well you know because I, I i remember being on the conference call when you did sign and you really did sound relieved you sounded you sounded happy yeah I mean, that, you know that this is where you wanted to be and you were glad that it got done for sure you know like i was at the at that time i was at abby's wedding too you know so <laughs> You you happy? Your your really good friend is getting married. Then you happy? You son? It was it was a great day for me for sure. Right. When you look at it, you know your goal score. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you, what makes a good goal score in the NHL? Why do you have that talent? Why are you able to, you know, score 25 goals a game, 30 goals, a, you know, a season? It's you know like I think a lot is a lot is about ahead. You know when um, when things are going well for you, you know it, it, you're happy to play. You're you're enjoying the time on the ice. When the things are not going well for you, you know or not going well for a team, then it's kind of tough. You know mm -hmm. you squeeze and stick too hard. I mean, you know I'm like I'm trying to think of a way you want to have as much fun you can have on the mm -hmm. ice. So I'm. That's why you probably can see, you know, when you when I score a goal, I'm super excited, you know, because it's it's fun, you know, it's it's always been fun and it's a game that you love, and when you score, it's just the release of so many emotions for me, and it's just fun. You seem to be a streaky scorer, and but maybe I think almost all goal scorers are. Everybody goes through a little bit of a drought and then picks it up. Uh, you know, I can remember a story years ago that. Uh, uh, Pavel Datsuk, I think he went like 26 straight playoff games and didn't score a goal and everybody was thinking now oh, this guy's never going to amount to everything and then obviously he becomes Pavel Datsuk. So uh, you, when you work through it mentally like that, you know, right now I think what 11 goals, um, 20 points, right around 20 points, it's certainly not the numbers that you want at this stage right now, we're at the halfway point, uh, yet how would you characterize this season in, because in, you know, Jeff Blaschel if, if says if there's one player on our team that seems to be snake bit, that always is in the right, is doing the right stuff, but sometimes it just doesn't translate on the ice. It's Tomas Tatar. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen seen struggle with this for this is like a second year like that. You know, like like you said, it's kind of streaky. You know, like there are parts of a season where you have 20 games and 12 goals, and <laughs> you think like you're the king of the league, and then there is 40 games and you have you have five. You know, it's but I think it always goes hand in hand, you know, when 
when teams doing good and winning games, there always will be points, always will be goals. You know, when teams struggle a little bit, you there is not that confident in the team. You know, you you battling, you want to win so hard, you squeezing the stick too hard. So I mean, it's we are not in an easy position now. You know, we know we have to win a lot of games to get back on that on that track, not back on that race of in the playoffs. So you know, we we have to get on the streak again, and somebody will score the goals during the streak, and either if it's me or somebody else, you know, players will get hot for sure. Yeah, when so. Um how, how difficult is because sometimes you, know, you sometimes you'll play with Zetterberg and Nyquist and then you're on with Larkin and Athens CU and you know it, it changes is 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 consistency on your line because it seems that coaches you know, whatever the lines are they always seem to change during the course of the game or trying to go with with, with hot or stuff but I remember something you told me a couple of years ago where your role was changed where you weren't on the power play as much or your minutes were kind of reduced because you know it was like geez you know you, you you're not scoring like you did you know what what was going on and you said well you know you got to look at sometimes even though i'm a goal scorer i'm in a position where now i'm not in a position to score goals anymore I, there's more things that i have to do is is that a fair assessment yeah i think so you know like to like if you look around the league and see all these like top goal scorers on a team, they playing all these crucial situations, even if it's five on three, five on four. So you know they they've been using on this. Where I think our team strength is like the compatibility of all players. Right. You know where where different teams like let's say you go to Washington where Ovi's on that point and he will be there because he's so good at it you know right. where, where in our team we're interchangeable you know like we we can other players can do different stuff so you know i i wouldn't be surprised in our you know some teams let's say we'll have a goal scorers where we'll be 40 you know where mm. in our team we will be six guys at 20 you know right. so we are playing a little different way and um you, you know i think we have a great guys in the locker room and our our team bond is just just tremendous. You know, we we're all really good friends. So I mean, you know, I don't think there's a one guy who would be mad if he gets off the power play or on the power play. Right. You just you just know your role will be a little different then. You know, so you just have to play with it, and I think everybody would be okay. You know, it's a, talking to Gus Nyquist about this, he said that you know he thinks, and this is one of the things because I told him a story too. And there used to be times where Red Wing fans would be chanting "shoot the puck," mm -hmm. you know, to the team. You know, mm -hmm. it's just arbitrarily to the whole team yeah. as you're out there. Do you have a shooter's mentality or do you, because I think there was a game the other night where I thought you were going to shoot and you tried to make a pass over and I mean, it's real fast. I know you're thinking split second, but uh, you, you know, see, this is that's all the confident part. Like you know, when you just know, let's say you made a, some nice play before it worked, we scored, and you have the puck, and you see that that little little opening, then you're gonna shoot. Now, when things are going wrong, you you messed up the pass before. Now you want to make up the pass again because you feel bad for your team. I think that's how I right, I'm right. thinking. So. You know, if, if I would go 2-on-1 and shoot and I wouldn't score and I'm going 2-on-1 again, I would be probably thinking, oh, I want to pass now. I didn't get the, I didn't score before and now I want to have, I want to create a chance for my teammates. So, which is not probably the right thinking. You know, when you're, when you're shooting a puck, you should shoot it. So now this is the thing when you have a confidence, you just do it. It's coming automatic, you know. Right, right. When you have that confidence, you see it, you will shoot. When you see the pass, you will pass. So now you don't forcing stuff. So it's like hockey is, I think, a lot about head. And if your head is right and feel confident, you're doing all, all the good places. Is, 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 is your head right and feeling confident, is that more playing instinctual than not overthinking it? Exactly. It? So you, 
whatever you see, whatever you feel like you will do it. When, when things are not going well, then you are like, well, even if I think this is right, I messed it up before, now what I'm gonna do? So now that's, that's going all through your head as you're playing. So that's, the, that's why you think like the, the best players would never think this way and they would just go, well, you know, you can do that and you will be doing it forever. And that's what probably separates all the players. And but again, then you get hot and you you feel like the most confident <laughs> right. guy in the world. So I mean, that's it's it's tough. You know, that's the being a part of being professional and deal with this stuff. Yeah, I know. I know you're a little disappointed by your numbers this year. Yet, um, you know, it, it starts you know Saturday with Carolina. We're doing this Friday before we're doing this podcast and. Uh, does it turn? Can it just turn around that quickly? I mean, is there we'll just see. something we'll, that happens? We'll see. Maybe after the game, we will be talking to me with a few goals. Maybe. I mean, obviously, you wanna you wanted to score. You know, you wanted right, to play right, right. good. So I mean, you know, you're doing the best you can to get ready for the game. And you know, I'm more focused. I, I wanted to win. You know, you mm -hmm. want to win the games. You want because you know what? The, if you lose and you score, you score a goal like. It's, it's a nice feeling, but then all fans are disappointed you lost. You know, when you win, they don't ask who scored. Mm -hmm. They will be happy if he's, their favorite guy scored, but the team won, right? So everybody's happy. So, you know, when team's doing well, then everybody's happy. And I think this is go hand by hand. If the team's doing well, your, your certain players or your, your, your players, individual players, will have points. So that's how, how it is now. Yeah, I know the trade deadline's going to be coming up. Teams are always moving, you know, making pieces. You know, this draft, supposedly, the 2018 draft that's going to be held in Dallas is, is really, really deep. You know, Red Wing fans are, you know, lighting candles in church and all that stuff, <laughs> praying that maybe somehow they get Rasmus Dahlin, yeah. you know, the Swedish defenseman. You're not going to go anywhere. But you know that some of your teammates may. Is this a difficult period in the room because, as you said, we all get along, we all like each other. Certainly we want to win a little bit more than we have been. But how this next until the end of February, how, how tough is it to be there when you know that, you know, when you're lacing them up with somebody, it could be for the last time? You know, like you said, I think I can go too. I mean, you know. You, you really, you think that they, they you know, I'm, I'm always been looking at it as a business, you know, like. If the deal with the GM or coach figure will be right for the team, I mean, it's a business, right? They, they, they can do that. I mean, you know, you never can be 100%. And I mean, you know, if we are at the, that time in a playoffs, but we all know, like, we probably, no one going nowhere. But when you're not, you know, we have to think some way what's going to be the best for the team. So, I mean, if you would go, you would have to just deal with it. I mean, it would be, like you said, it's still a disappointing but that's just the way the business works and you know you could see probably some trades before which would you be like wow i didn't expect it that's right, exactly right. of those you know like you know these guys know what to do they know how to how to build a team that's their job and they're doing their, their job too so you know you you can be surprised i mean so as much as you want to stay here and as disappointed as you would be, you're a realist to a point where you know that this is a business. So let's say, you know, close to this trade deadline, you get a call from Ken Holland and he says, you know, hey, Tomas, you know, you know I love you like a son, you know, but, uh, you know, you're on your way to San Jose. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, that would it be... It would be shocked. That's, I've never had it. You <laughs> right, know, right. it's so hard to, you would, if you would guess, uh, ask different guys, they, would, they could easily... I try to give you I, a nice location, though. San Jose <laughs> kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the song, right? Right, right. I mean, hey, you, you, you never know. 
Mm, I mean, like, I've never been part of it. I never experienced it. It would be another great experience that you probably remember for your whole life. I think everything is possible, you know, and until the team is going to be good, until the team's going to be winning, you never, every, anybody can be traded. Right? So have you assimilated yourself into Detroit pretty much, though, into this community? I mean, you like living here, right? I, I mean, I'm sure you go back home to, the, uh, to Slovakia, but, uh, I mean, this is... This has been a good fit for you. I like, like I said, you know, I met so many different people over the course here in Detroit. Who are my really good friends? I think the fans are amazing. You know, community are is is unbelievable. You know, so you know we are doing a lot of stuff off the ice. You know, help the kids, help the stuff. You know, and I think I got really, really involved into that too. I kind of live with that. I'm trying to do something on my own right now. You know, so we are setting it up with the like a foundation. Yeah. So you know, I really like that stuff, and you know, I think you should get back to community for sure, and especially in the team where you're playing and. I think Red Wings gave me so much, I should give something back for sure. Well, let's look at the, the remainder of the season. As you know, it's a little bit of a tough road to go here. Uh, it's not so much even maybe the point differential out of like the wild card spot, mm -hmm. but it seems the way this Metropolitan Division is, is that you almost, you almost have to finish in the top three in the Atlantic to really make the, uh, the, make the playoffs with Toronto and, you know, the, you know it's... It's a possibility. Never say never until it's impossible. But you're looking at the wild card spot. What does this team have to do to put a string of victories together? Because that has been, you know, you guys have been all over the road. That's the thing. That's such a. That's, that's why we we've been playing games where we were outstanding. I think the, the what killed us kind of was, you know, when you play good and you end up losing that game, that's just feel terrible you know and I think we have way too many of these games this year you know when we thought we were the better team but we end up losing you know so those feelings that, that's a tough game for sure to lose and then you know I think all these teams in NHL right now you you can't lose too many games in a row I think that's what kind of kick killing us at the time you know when uh, when you win four lose two and then you win two again right. you know you on a roll you're still winning but when you win three and then lose four in a row, that's where it's kind of getting tough because you lost pretty much eight points where they're going to be tough to catch. So, you know, this league is really tight and it's, you, you can see now if you if you go on a bad streak, that might cost you the playoff, you, even if there was only one streak of seven games. So it, it's, uh, it's really tight and it, that's what the league wants. How about the adjustment to this arena? I mean, it's beautiful. It's nothing like Joe Lewis Arena, and God bless the Joe, you know. Uh, a lot of great hockey memories, certainly, there. Uh, uh, was, it, was it tough for you, fellas, to, to feel comfortable here, even though the amenities and, and, you know, you've got everything you could ever want, yet to still develop, I know the ice is a little bit different than it was at the, at the Joe, but to develop a, a home ice advantage, has it taken longer than you thought? Well, to me, that was well, that's what you just said. It's like the worst, like the ice, you know. Like you, you, you're coming there, and like sometimes it feels that way. Something so for me, I it always is in my somewhere in my head. You know, it's kind of chippy. You know, right. it, it's kind of soft, and it, it's really bothering me. But other than that, this this barn is just tremendous. You know, like we have a amazing facilities in in the locker room. You know, we have the probably best in the league right now. And, right. 
you know, like when you when you skating out and see all the stands, it, it's just amazing. As we as you can see here, like this old stuff is is wonderful. I mean, if we somehow will manage the the, the ice work for us, like it's gonna be awesome. So now we have, we all know we have a little trouble with that. We're trying to fix it, and I bet they do best they can has the ice gotten better i mean because let's be honest i mean you're skating it's an essential part to your game yeah i mean <laughs> i don't i don't really know it's hard to say i i'll tell you when we play somewhere else we know the ice is better really when you play on the roads so, i mean we we have to do something here to to fix it i we all know they're working on it they they're trying their best for sure and uh, as we but it's a bit of a let. I mean, the, the ice at the Joe was fantastic. Exactly. So you you not even came from like the average ice. You pretty much came from the best ice in a league to to something what they're trying to to, to figure out. So you know, we, we are like, wow, what's going on? Like today it's like this, next day it's like that. So it's still an issue. I mean, like I said, they they will fix it for sure. You know, they they are really good at their job so we know they will happen eventually we just gonna have to wait a little bit I guess right because it because it, it it's odd to hear about ice being bad here in Detroit I know that's, know? that's I think that's what kind of took us by surprise for sure right at the you know but but you you have played better at home I know recently the last couple of games maybe not but I mean so 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 you are comfortable in this building you just wish the ice was better for, for sure yeah like you know we we feel really good here and I think the home advantage is the biggest because you don't have to travel and you're playing in front of your own fans you know so I mean it's just fun it's way less stressful than go on the road and travel to, from city to city we're home, we have our own habits, you know, you have a lunch, then you can go home, you guys are either with their kids, you know, with wives, so they talk, you know, it's just really mild when you're home, it's really easy on you. Right, when, what's it like to be out on, standing out there, I mean, this arena looks, you know, there's the toast of hockey town, and you know, I've been out on the ice obviously before, but, you know, it's, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to say what Austin Matthews said. There's a lot of red in this building. I it mean, is. It is. I it's, mean, it's, it's pretty daunting. It, it is, for sure. You know what? Like, when I stepped out there for the first time, I was like, wow. You know, it feels different. You know, it's really steep. Fans are, like, looking at you. It's, 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 it's awesome, you know? I mean, I think they build this building for a really, really good job. And it's by the concrete, you know, the fans, what they can see, how they can walk around for them, it must be a bigger upgrade, too. Now, I don't know if this was the first time you were on the ice, but there's this thing that's going around on social media <laughs> I, where you didn't... Did you realize that you, you still had your skate blades on or your skate guards? I or didn't what? realize that until I hit the ice, man. <laughs> really? I, mean, I was so excited, you know, so that was... I came a little earlier and I know I had some spare time, so... We, there was like probably an hour and a half before a practice, so I was like, well, I'm just going to take my skates and take my stick and just like, you know, skate around to see how, how does it feel, like the stands and like everything. <laughs> you did not know you were being, uh, that there was a camera going, right? Or did you? I asked for it. Oh, oh you did? Yeah. Oh, because you want your first moment to be yeah. uh, documented. Okay. Well, no, no, I asked for it after. Oh. oh so oh. I stepped on the ice and I... Well, my legs were going crazy. It is. So I, it's pretty it, funny. It, yeah, it took my legs right out. I fall and I'm like, oh my god, like this is embarrassing. Like, what am I doing here? Like, this is crazy. So I know this happened, and I'm like, damn it, nobody saw it, right? So I'm like, Jesus. Now yeah. everyone is seeing. I know. So I'm like, should I share with it? Like, so I went to our security guy and I asked. Like, I told him, like, look. Can't, you can't tell anybody this happened. Can you give me security cameras? So then two weeks later, he gave it to me. So I saw it and I'm like, 
should I post it? Shouldn't I post it? So I was a little hesitating with that. And then a month later, I'm like, you know what? I always like to joke around. I like to right. make people smile. So I just posted and that went kind of... Viral. Yeah, man. it went kind of blew off. So I'm like, everybody was texting me. It was kind of <laughs> funny. So it was pretty much my goal to... To make people laugh at it. Well, you, I had a good laugh. Well, you, it, it was. It was. Fun. You, you could tell that you know you were totally. It wasn't staged. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, it it sure. actually was. It was true. You. Yeah, you. And forgot. Th that's the thing. Like you know that happens. Like I've saw it here, through the years, so many times. Guys did it, but this was a new arena, new ice, like new barn, new skates, new equipment. So I'm like, I got to show it around. This is funny. Uh, but you. Are really into the Instagram and the Snapchatting. I mean, you you know you uh, you like social media. I mean, you're you more than willing to share your life with with, with fans. Do you feel obligated because you're a hockey player? Is that just something that young uh, people do? You know what? It's kind of blew off too. You know, I I had an Instagram for like my friends for to the close ones. You know, to share what mm -hmm. I'm doing, and then kind of you know just followers came off. You know, there was more and more and more. So I'm like, well. I guess these people wanted to see what are you doing in your life, you know, what do you, how are you spending time. So I kind of start doing it, and I, I think some fans really appreciate that, you know. So some fans are really excited, like what are you posting? So I, I kind of told myself, you know, why not? When you have a time, I, I can definitely do it. People are interested about that stuff, so I kind of, you know, start doing it. For sure. Right. Well, you. Be, I mean, you do it quite often, right? I mean, it, it seems. I kind of slow down now. You know, like like that when I said when the things were going all good for us. You know, it's easy to post stuff too. Right. You know, when things are going a little wrong, then you don't want to come off. Like you know, you want to do your own stuff. You know, to to be better, and you know, so that's it. All goes in the parts of life. You know, when everything's going well, then you willing to share more for sure. You know, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if it's personal or not, but you know, you have some extraordinary ink on your arms oh. here. Um, very special meetings? Are they very personal? Or is there something that you, you know, that do you want to share? Or you don't really yeah, even have to talk I mean, about uh, it. Yeah, I mean, those are meaningful for me. So my first one was this one, which is uh, a sign, a goal for a goal. I did it before before the U.S., uh, before the World Championship, which is, doesn't really mean I want to go for a medal. It was mean for, like, follow your dream, go right, for that right. goal, like, do everything what you can to get it. So that was one of my first. Then I did that uh, the tiger climbing a, a rock, which for me meant, like, you know, you want to battle as much as you can to climb as high as you can, so to be on the top. And then... Um, I did this one. This is uh, Archangel Michael mm -hmm. when uh, when my dad passed away. Right, so yeah, I know that. So then I put like the family dates under that under under him under the angel. So he's looking up for them. Right. I know. I mean, I, you know, I mean, my father passed away many years ago. I mean, he was young. He's only seventy, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, he's been gone for like seventeen years. I mean, that is obviously. Uh, a very traumatic time in any person's life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I'm not the first guy which, which to happen. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, people were really supportive and I know how does it feel for sure now when, when something like that happened. I mean, it's a bad feeling for sure. You lost your loved one and, you know, obviously your dad wants you to be in NHL. Right, you know, right. That was his goal for you to have the best... Uh, best opportunity so you know he did everything for me as I was growing up which I can't be more thankful for it you know he gave me 
advice. He was driving me to the ring. You know, he was picking me up from the from the ring. So, you know, just because of him, I, I am where I am for sure. Right. Sometimes fathers and sons might get into it a little bit, but you know, oh, in we the end, did, the, we did for sure. We right. had a, but but we that had was so your, that's your fights. number one fan, though. Yeah, exactly. So that's it's not because he's managed. You know, he wants to give you the best advice for right. you. So I mean, I bet every hockey player had it with his dad, and if he didn't, that. It would be almost weird with me, weird to me, because like like you said, you know, you, your dad wants you to do the best on the ice, so he's trying to give you the most advice. Sometimes it maybe doesn't make sense in your head. That's why you guys didn't argue, but that's just the part of the being a pro, being like doing that, you know, playing hockey. Right, right. Um, and, and finally, and you know, I, I actually, we probably should end on that because it's such a great a great thing. I I wanted to tell you, you were talking about us being human beings, and I remember many many years ago. Um, Igor Larionov was here, and you know we both kind of grew up in, in the Cold War, mm -hmm. and you know I think we both I don't know how the conversation got. I said, you know, Igor, let me ask you. You're such a cool guy. Why, why did you want to kill Americans? Why did you hate Americans? <laughs> and he goes, Art, I felt the same way about you. Yeah, we felt that you know that Americans were coming after us. He goes, you know, it's, it's politics. It's politics. He goes because we're people. He goes because we're all made from the same material. And, you know, when you told me that, you know, that, hey, we're human beings, right? I think sometimes that that gets lost in the translation that, I mean, you know, you're a young man who's playing hockey and you're a Detroit Red Bull. And it's an extraordinary position to be in. It's a great job and, you know, and you do it well and you're a really good guy, but, you're, but, but you are a person. I, I mean, does that something, do you get frustrated? It kind of gets lost sometimes. I mean, you, not that you're, people like look at you as, you know, well, you make all this money, you know, you're a superhero, you're boom, 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 boom. Uh, you see, I don't, I don't like that. Like, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, you know, you are the same guy as they are, you know? Right, right. Like, you, you need to chill. You need to, you need to go out to have a beer too, you know? So some of people who are judging that they like you, you know you're not a robot like you right. you're doing the same thing exactly what they're doing we're we are the same people so i mean i absolutely know i absolutely see what you're saying and i absolutely agree you know like you're just a normal guy as everybody else your job is maybe not to sit in an office and filling paper you doing a hockey because that's somehow you got there so that's your job so as as much I love hockey and I would do whatever to 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 play it. it it's for me it's a kind of job too so sometimes you want to get away from a hockey too you know you don't want to talk about hockey right you don't want to think about hockey you just want to relax and you know that's the that's the part of being human right well right you know I mean because I'll be honest with you I know probably some of the guys in the locker room I think I'm a little strange because I like to ask you questions that aren't just hockey related, you know, just about you or like a TV show or you read a book or something, just because, you know, I, 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 when you're with somebody, I mean, I see you virtually almost every day, or at least, you know, when the Red Wings are home, you know, you develop a relationship. You want to get to know people. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, and you have always been really decent to me. I mean, you know, you, you really have. And, I mean, I really appreciate it. And there have been some tough times. And, you know, you have to ask some tough questions. And, you know, you, you – but, you know, overall, I mean, it's – You know, you're taking that like kind of a job, too. You know, to do an interview after the game over the hockey, that's – it's a part of being professional, but that's, you know, you're getting really close with your friends because I know they won't ask me about hockey, you know? Right, 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 right. You, you get out and you will ask about, like, 
you know, what you were doing, you know, at, at there, you know, how was your vacation, um, you know, if you're single, like, oh, do you like that girl, you know, so stuff <laughs> right, like that, right, you know, right. so what, which make to have fun with your friends, so now, even in the locker room, you know, when some reporter after off record asked me about some other stuff, you know, I'm almost happy, you know, I, I don't mind to talk about other topics for sure, you know, it's always been fun for me, so... It's it's really nice for sure. Well, you know, this has been great. Hey, hey, you know, you so I, I really enjoy. I, you gave me a lot of time. I, <laughs> I told you it would be long, but but I do appreciate it. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best. You know, Thank and you, so uh, much. Uh, you know, uh, just keep up the good works. You know, you know, let's let's get a hat trick against Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get a win, and we'll see if we'll go from there. I like it. Tomash <laughs> Tatar, thank you for being on the Red and White Authority. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much.